This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. This program is sponsored by New Zealand Bridge, sponsors of Grassroots Bridge across the nation. Welcome to the Bridge Zone. You're at the table with Barry and Mariana. We are heading into a week of no bridge here in the Waikato. Well, not for open. I had a look at Papakura on the weekend, see if I could slide into that. Barry, it is all booked out. Oh, you're going to have to stay home and work then. I did that last weekend. Oh, that's all right. I'm sure that um, Andrew will find something else for you to do. No, actually, it's V8s this weekend. Supercars are on. Oh, okay. Not Bathurst, but, you know, like Bathurst. And Andrew says to me, you got bridge this weekend? I was like, nah. He said, oh, well, that's a shame. <laughs> so you won't be out there saving any of the neighbours' clotheslines or anything? Barry Jones, you cannot say that. I told you, promise, promise, don't tell this man any of your secrets because he just can't bloody keep them. Anyway, what are you doing? Have we got some results from the Rewa Restricted over the weekend? How'd you go? <laughs> yes. Well, I must admit, after how many tanks of gas? Maybe three tanks of gas going up to Auckland every weekend to practice. And I felt okay going into that tournament. COVID comes along and shuts it down. Puts the kibosh on you. I tell you. Oh, well. Wasn't that happy? At least you can play in the Papakura 3A this weekend. No, because that's all booked out too. Did you not hear the beginning, Barry? Are you still not listening? I'm not at intermediate, so I can't play. There's plenty of good tournaments around for the intermediates. Topol's got uh, almost a full house, I believe, and Paul and Angela Harper from Palmerston North. Hello there. I know them. They're going up. They've entered, and I see a couple of Hamiltonians have entered, so it's pretty good. It's great. I think it's uh, one of the tournaments in the intermediate cycle. I guess Topo has a sort of a geographical advantage there yep. of um, being close enough to the CD and close enough to the north. Yeah, it's not too far. See a couple of entries from Fielding. Fielding so, had their 5A on the weekend. Ah, really? How'd yeah, that go? That was taken out by Graham Stronach and Sandy McCurdy. Mm, no, I don't know them. He's on my Fitbit group and he's uh, he was ahead of me, I think, for a while there. <laughs> Sandy. So look out, Sandy. I'm I'm going to hunt you down. And second were Lorraine Stokursky and Steve Barron playing together for the first time. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, it was a pr- pretty good turnout at the uh, Fielding 5A. Hey, guess what? What's happened? I have booked my accommodation for Congress. For Taranaki? No. <laughs> The Congress. Uh, what have you got? Some big flash pub with, you know? <laughs> I've got a batch out at Makatu, which is about, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes up the road. Oh, that's... Not even that. That sounds good. Overlooking the beach. So I was thinking, Barry, that I might need to have a house guest. They can contribute to the cost of that, because it's just me. And I thought, yep, oh, I'm going to get... Oh, you booked it on a- your own at the moment? I have. How big is it? Uh, it can sleep four, but I'm picking I'd maybe only have one or potentially a couple. 
It's a very good price, listeners. If you're thinking you need to find some accommodation, I could be up for some roommates. And for the entire week, it would only cost you $350. Sounds like Tinder for bridge players. (laughs) No, the criteria is, yep, you can come out and it's at Makatu, overlooking the beach. It's a lovely little place. The cost for the entire Congress is $350. Cheapest chips. Yep. And you have to bring some plonk. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and potentially cook an idol too. I'm quite a good cookie, and so I don't mind doing that or eat out. But definitely plonk is is the main thing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, of course, I did mention that word. Taranaki, because of course you yep. promised you'd go there, and now you've let I them know. all down, I and everybody's know. disappointed. And, you know, know. Yeah, yeah. so you should feel really bad. Yeah, I can't get any A points when I'm down in Dunedin for the week. Though I have got a night in Cromwell at Cromwell Bridge Club. I have got a partner to play there when oh. I'm down that way. I'm thinking of ringing Lynn. You know our friend from Wanaka. Oh, yes. See if she wants yep. to have a game every now and then. Well, once she's got all her shirts ironed. She'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. So, Lynn, I will see if I can get in contact with you and let you know what day or night I'm down that way and we might be able to hook up with a game. Come on, come on. Who are you playing with at Cromwell? She's gone all quiet. I've never seen her so reticent. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to... Have, her name's Sandy. Sandy. Oh, I can. Yeah. Sorry, I can't just remember the surname. But anyway, it's a given. And she's only just started playing bridge in the last two years so it's going to be great and guess what what the station manager at free fm his partner is taking bridge lessons i know he came in this morning and said he's got some dreadful news for us and we were thinking oh what have we done because normally we've always we've always done something wrong in the past when he walks in to the studio and he said that she is going to take free bridge lessons in Morrinsville. Yeah, so Nick Whitten, make sure you get it right with this one. I don't know what her name is. We'll find out. We'll let you know next week. <laughs> we'll let you know. You have to get it right. I'm sure you. Nick always does a great job with the lessons at yeah. Morrinsville Bridge Club. Yeah. We're well, talking about Morrinsville. I actually played there last Friday night, Barry. How did you go? Oh, we did okay. It was a junior restricted event. You had to... So were you junior or were you restricted? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Well, funny thing is, you have to play with the junior regardless of what grade. So that's the criteria to get in. So I ring up one of these chaps that's been playing for two years and I said to him, Stephen, would you like to go to the Morrinsville Junior Restricted? He's in boots and all. Just loves playing. He's really keen. He is. So I pick him up and we travel over there. But Morrinsville Bridge Club is normally at the Morrinsville Bowling Club. Well, they had a do-on, so we went and they had it at a different location at the Morrinsville Theatre, which just happens to be the entrance to Norman's Norman's Transport. So my husband hadn't turned up and he was working late, so as I pulled into right next to their driveway, Andrew Cullen's watching me park the car, we get out, he rings me up and he goes, I can see you. And I look down this big, long driveway and there's this orange thing with his hope waving. And he said, and can you tell the person who parked their car right next to their driveway that it's going to get clipped? Because the trucks couldn't 
pull into the driveway. They'd park right next to the driveway. Sure enough, one of them almost took out the side of it. So if you're ever parking next to a driveway that says Norman's Transport, think big trucks, don't park next to the driveway or your car could get taken out. So this is the only chance for your husband to see you is when he happens to be next door to where you're going to bridge. (laughs) (laughs) That was funny, wasn't it? I thought it was. I'm waving and they're like, who are you waving to? Oh, that's my husband down there. (laughs) Coming up next, we're heading off to the courthouse. Director, please. How can I help? Judge Julie presiding. Court's in session. Judge Julie, if I take a card out to play it and I change my mind, must I play it? Well, that depends very much on whether you're declarer or defender or where it's got to in the process of you playing it. So one of the things that's really clear is if your opponents have seen the card, that doesn't mean that it is played. All right? There's nothing to do with the fact that your opponents can see what you're doing. So that doesn't really count in the way we look at it. However, for a defender, very, very clearly, if the card was in such a position that your partner could have seen it, then it will be a played card. And that covers most of the situations for a defender. If you are declarer, it's different because if your partner sees the card, it is completely irrelevant because they are dummy. The rule for defender is that it has been placed in a played position touching or nearly touching the table. And about the only way to define that really is when you're a director, you come along and say, show me how it was played. In all fairness, you shouldn't be changing your mind when you're playing a card, but people do. You shouldn't be lifting the cards in and out of your hand and swapping over what you're doing and not doing. It is very irritating. It can give partner information that they are just not allowed. You should always be in a position where when you choose a card that you're playing and pull it out of your hand, it is the card that you will play. Having said that, you don't have to play it as I said earlier, because you can change your mind. So you're meaning the information that they're not allowed to have that I'm telling them I've got more than one choice? Yeah, and you're not certain. You know, that the card that you play is probably not from a very good suit or whatever the case may be. It might not be a singleton. There are all sorts of connotations with the speed and the alacrity with which you play a card. So if you're not sure what to play, then I would hazard that you don't have a definite preference, you don't have a singleton or something like that, you don't have a solid sequence. There's a lot of information that that is there. A lot of it is pretty subconscious, but it is still there and it is not allowed. Okay, we've got time for a very quick question. It's probably a yes or no answer. Can I have a review of the auction during the play? During the play. So you can have a full review of the auction up until you have played the first time. After that, you are only allowed to know what the contract is. Mm. Oh. Okay. So the answer and is... And you are always allowed is, to know what the contract is. So the answer is. then is no. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So that's, that's quite why, often the answer I get from Julie. <laughs> that's why the bidding pad is normally turned over at the end of the first trick, is because you're not allowed to see the auction anymore. Okay, that's great. All right. That's enough for today. No, I've got one more question. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> so we're heading into the New Plymouth Congress. 
Are you guys going to do anything for your team's events in terms of practice? Haven't even thought about. It. We've just got out of lockdown. <laughs> I think that's a no as well, Maria. <laughs> What Jenny and I do at our table and what Patrick and Julie do at their table are totally unrelated. So anything we could do to practice wouldn't wouldn't help, I don't think. (laughs) Sometimes a good practice gives you good faith in your teammates. Sometimes a bad practice destroys all confidence that you might have had. True. (laughs) Uh, Talking about lockdown and you coming out of it, I always ring Andrew on my way to work and I rang him and I said, where are you today? He says... I'm in the Auckland car park. And I said, what on earth? And he goes, I'm on the motorway. He calls it the (laughs) Auckland car park. Oh, dear. Yeah, people have been complaining that the traffic really is horrible at the moment. And that was at level two. They were saying that, I think. Maybe level one before we went into lockdown. But it's just... Everyone's at home, they're not away mm. at the moment. Absolutely. So it's probably worse than yeah. it normally is. I had to queue up at the Dinsdale Roundabout this morning on the way in. There are at least six cars in the queue, Mariana. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do remember the feeling of going from Picton down to Christchurch and thinking, oh, the traffic, it's abysmal. And now when I go down there, I think, where on earth is it? <laughs> <laughs> True. It's all perspective. It is. All right. Okay, well, you have a great week. Thank you very much. Okay. Okay, radio. Bye. Bye. Okay, now we've got the draw for the book to do today, Mariana. Okay. Yep, let's do it. And the winner is, all the way from Invercargill, Yvonne Hughes from Invercargill. Well done, Yvonne. Well done. Yeah, well You'll done. enjoy so it. So she's winning um, Kim Fraser's book, Gaining the Mental Edge at Bridge. Mm-hmm. It's a great book. Sure you'll enjoy it. Sure you'll get lots out of it. Let us know how you get on with it. What's yep. the freight down to Invercargill, Mariana? Oh, it's not too bad. <laughs> yeah. And thanks for entering. And thanks to the other people that entered. Bad luck. Better luck next time. And who was that player, Mariana, who was the fast player that Kim mentions in her book Andrew Mill Andrew Mill yep very quick player so we did have, actually have some entries that said Andrew Mills we accepted that we're pretty yeah, we'll take anything relaxed yeah about <laughs> it we know who you meant and thanks to all the other people that entered and we'll uh, you know we'll maybe have another competition like that somewhere further down the track so don't know whether we'll have as good a copy good a prize as an autographed could be something big. Okay, shall we do our email? Yeah, okay, we might as well. All right, so we have had a look at all of the entries and two floated to the top and they were... Bridge Zone Shuffle and Bridge Zoners. And Bridge Zoners. I reckon we should just keep it short. Bridge Zone Shuffle has a sort of a ring to it. So we're going to go with bridgezoneshuffle at gmail.com. Come on, guys. For God's sake, send us an email in so we can see if it works or not. Give us a a little bit of time. So by next next show, it'll be up and going because we're just going to do a couple of testing and get everything linked up and then we'll be good to go next week. I think one of the people that suggested Bridge Zone Shuffle, Martin Berry, was Where was from, he from? I think he was from Hawara, but I could be wrong. I think that's where he's from, which is my old hometown. I've got a question for you now. We're going to talk some real bridge stuff. I want to talk about preference. You know when you're bidding, you're merrily bidding away and you've shown a couple of suits and your partner hasn't really said anything and then all of a sudden you give them a choice for preference. How do you select? 
what's a simple thing to do, particularly if you've got no points? Well, there's a simple one where you've got more of one suit than the other. Yep. So if you've got more of one suit than the other, you either put them back to that suit if that was the that was the first suit they bid, or you just pass to leave them in the in the suit that you have got the most of. That's the simple one. Where it gets tricky is when you've got the same number of cards in both suits. Yes, okay. And sometimes you might necessarily like either of their suits very much. Mm-hmm. So in that case, you've got to try and figure out which one of their suits they've got the most of. So if partner's shown two suits, is there one of them that you think they've got more of than the other? Right. Yeah. And if that's the case, say you've only got two of both of their suits, and you still have to pick, you can you, you can put them back to the other one. Usually, well, not usually, always, if one suit is going to be longer than the other, it's always the first one that they bid. Mm. The second suit they bid is just to give you a choice. That's all. It's certainly not saying that's their best suit. It says, well, I've already told you what my main suit is. It was hearts because I opened one heart, but now I'm going to bid two diamonds. I'm just saying, oh, by the way, I've got four diamonds. What do you think? Okay. First rule is if you've got more than one suit or the other, it's easy. You just put them to that one. And just add one other thing. Giving preference doesn't actually show any points, Mariana. I mean, people are saying, I couldn't bid because I didn't have any points. Giving preference is not something that shows points. It just says, I prefer this suit to the other one. That's all it says. Okay. What about this scenario? Say you're playing Michaels, opponents open one heart, you've got spades and a minor, so you bid two hearts, saying you're 5-5. Five, five. A lot of our listeners might not play Michaels, but yes. Okay, yeah. but in this case here. So if you don't like spades, how do you ask partner which one their minor is? Well, that's a little bit of partnership agreement, like a lot of things. Yeah. So some people will play Two No Trumps is just always saying, what's your other suit? Tell yes. me. Okay. Some people will play three clubs there as being pass or correct. So if your suit's clubs, you pass. But if it says that I don't like spades? Yeah, pretty much. Certainly, if they had three or more spades, they wouldn't want to play there. I had a hand just last week where they had that. It went one heart, two hearts from partner. So does that means they've got five spades and five of a minor. And I looked at my hand, I had two spades, the four and the three they were. <laughs> and I had one club. And I thought, and I had five diamonds. And I thought, hmm, I bet their minor is clubs. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't really like either of them. I'm not going to go to the three level to find out. Mm. So I, I showed preference, as we were just talking about, yep. to spades with my two miserable spades. Mm-hmm. But the agony wasn't over. Oh, no. They they got encouraged, did they? <laughs> hey, partner then decided that he would tell me what his minor was. And he bid three clubs. And I thought, oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> this is terrific news. Yeah. Here I am with only one club and with only two spades. And here we are at the three level. So I then thought, well, I don't really like either of his suits. I already told him I prefer spades. I, I might as well tell him about my diamonds. They were quite good. Queen, Jack, 10, 9, yep. and another. Maybe he's got a couple of diamonds. You never know. There's not much room for diamonds. And then he put me back to spades, and I thought, oh, God, just <laughs> please let this auction be over. 
That was the end of the auction. Down three. <laughs> she enjoys my agony, folks. Oh, it's good. I'm glad you have pain at the table. I, I tell you, nothing gives me more joy than seeing you in agony. <laughs> that is true. I was looking at five diamonds and five hearts, and the opponents are bidding hearts, and I was thinking things are going so well. Yeah. Nick You're Minute. lucky they didn't go into no trouble. <laughs> Imagine what chaos that would have caused. Nick Minute. I was in three spades with the four and the three, and I was declarer. <laughs> and their hand was just beautiful. I'll give you a not. tip. I don't think the four or the three took a trail. Maybe I did. Maybe I roughed a club. I might have done. <laughs> I might have got a trick with one of my spades. Okay. But it wasn't pretty, and it didn't have a happy ending. Okay. And I've got another question. You know when opponents open one no trumps and two clubs buy you, your partnership agreement is showing both majors? And again, you've got identical numbers in the majors and you've probably got the two and the three and the four and the five in the majors. What can you do there? How do you pick? Or is there a way out to say, my hand's hopeless, I don't really care, you name what your best one is? Well, it's not necessarily saying it's hopeless and I don't care, but a lot of people will play there. You're playing what they call some sort of landy. So two clubs shows both majors. Now... I think it's it's not a great idea in a lot of cases to be competing over one no trump with only two four card majors. Yep. So to do that, you probably should have one that's five right. at least, and one that's four, mm-hmm. so that you know you've got a little bit more chance of finding a reasonable place to play if partner doesn't cooperate by coming up with a four card major. Yep. So you've got the spare bit of two diamonds a lot of people will play two diamonds there as saying I have equal length in the majors you pick doesn't necessarily mean they've got a hopeless hand in fact if partner does pick the suit that they've got three of it goes two clubs two diamonds and partner bids two spades and you've actually got three spades and a decent hand you might even make a game try or you might even bid you just want to know whether you actually have a fit or not so the two diamonds is really valuable there the only other use for it is to say I ate the majors and I want to play in diamonds I don't know whether that's such great use of the bid. I think it's better to use it as saying, I have equal length partner, you pick. Right, okay. And if it's going to be a terrible contract, you might as well play it. (laughs) Okay. So in that same scenario there, Barry, if you had, say, the queen and the ten in a major and you had the three and the four, even though you've got the same number of cards, would it be better to show... That one, I definitely prefer heart, say. If I wouldn't. Was a queen I, I'd definitely still bid two diamonds. Saying I, I'd much diamond. rather have seven trumps than six, even if I have got the queen and the ten. Okay. So, so the queen and ten are still going to come in handy, even though you're playing in the other major. Mm-hmm. But the, the first thing you want to do is find out the suit that you've got the most of. Because if you've only got six, it's not usually good to play in a suit where the opponents have more trumps than you do. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, and remember when we were talking about a chicane? A chicane? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's that thing on a pedestrian crossing, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's oh, a, oh, yeah, that's it's right. the windy bit on the racetrack that you slow down to stop, you get your speed. But yeah, when I had that query about claiming with Judge Julie the other week, on that particular hand when I claimed, there was a chicane at the table. North opposition, North, had zero spades. 
being Trump suit. Yeah, they didn't. So they actually had a chicane. So it does actually come up. So I'm going to use that word. Every time there's a void in Trump, I say, oh, you got a chicane. I bet that person didn't even know they had a chicane. No, I don't think so. I don't think it's a very well-known word in the bridge world. Now it is. We're going to be chicaning all over the place. Okay. Let's go off to the pond. Phenomena. What's this? It's Kermit's Bridge Tips with Pam Livingston. Good morning, Kermit. Good morning. Now, what wonderful tip do you have that is going to change our lives for the better this morning? Oh, well, that's a big ask, but I'll do my best. My tip for this week is, in a team's match, not all hands are created equal. So when you're playing match points, each hand is worth approximately 4% of your final score. But you'll find in teams that there are some hands that are critical, and there is, they're called swing hands, and there's often lots of imps riding on them. So when you come across a hand like this, you need to take your time and make sure you're making good decisions. Now, the converse of that is, you don't always know when those hands are going to show up. So right from the start of the match, you should be onto it, saving all the bits of time that you can, so that you can spend extra times on those swing hands. And also remembering that the time in the match doesn't just belong to you. So, you know, if you take a long time over one hand, you need to make up time so the opposition have time for their difficult hands. And when I say that you need to think about the hand, so not only is the clear-out working extra hard on that swing hand, defenders are working extra hard on that swing hand as well. True. Couldn't help but think sometimes those really swingy hands are very distributional hands where both sides are involved. Those ones can be really tough to get right and very expensive when you get them wrong, Pam. Oh, yes. Yeah, I heard somebody even lost 36 months on, on one hand. I think that may only be a rumour, but I'm not sure. Um, so, you know, it is quite different from match point where you like playing two hands in 14 minutes and they're worth the same. They're not all created the same in a team's match. And, and give yourself the best opportunity by taking care, but that means you must save time in other places. Crucial. Okay, time's in short supply. Make the most of it. Yes. We'll bear that in mind. Very good. Thank you. <laughs> How's it's the Taranaki... self-explanatory, I think. <laughs> How's things going for the Taranaki Congress, by the way? Have you got any comments? Oh, very exciting. We've got a lot of teams, and I hope you all know that it's not being held at the new Bridge Club, as wonderful as it is. It's been held at the Plymouth International Hotel, which is a fabulous venue, and it's going to be a great few days of bridge. Not too many boards in one day, so plenty of time for a nice dinner and a nice walk in our lovely parks or on the walkway. Mm, very good. Sounds nice. I still can picture that pool. That photo of that pool looks absolutely amazing. So it'll all be there at our togs after play, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure we won't. Oh, but anyway. mental images. Oh, my goodness, Pam. I've just had a mental image of Barry and his speedos. <laughs> oh, come on. Don't do that. I really want to sleep tonight. <laughs> that won't be happening. Anyway, 
Thank you, Pam. Catch Kermit next week for another tip. See you. You've just had your weekly fix of the Bridge Zone. Thanks to everybody for the entries for the email and also for the book entries. Have a look at the New Plymouth Congress entries for the teens because we're going to be opening up the Bridge Zone Racing Channel. So all bets will be on. If you want to put a lazy $2 down, Barry and I will be more than happy to take you up on a bet. All you intermediates and juniors out there, enjoy the tournaments that are available to you this weekend. I'm feeling mighty jealous that you're able to play. Enjoy your Bridge Week, people. Bye for now. New Zealand Bridge, sponsoring Bridge from beginner to international, nationwide. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices. Or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.